Welcome to the podcast, Meet My Potential, where Deepa chats with leaders around the world once a week or simply shares her insights. This podcast is for those who aspire to meet their highest inner potential. Each episode brings you one simple tool that you can apply at work or in life. Hello and welcome to this podcast. We have with us today, Katrina Burroughs. Katrina is an executive coach with about 20 years of experience. She's been working with world organizations like the UN and Philip Morse. She recently published a book called Managing Brilliant Jerks. Let's welcome Katrina. Hello, thank you. I'm delighted to be here today. Thanks, Katrina. Definitely, this is a very interesting topic and the name of the book sounds very interesting. Tell us what is a brilliant jerk? So a brilliant jerk, basically, he motivated to have outstanding results, he's, but he's interpersonally blind. So very 2020 vision, like when you drive a car, you have 2020 vision in front of you, but you can't, you have blind spots on the side. His blind spot or her blind spots is the interpersonal. So they don't realize certain of their behaviors are extremely destructive and they cause distress and hardship in the workplace which really reduces effectiveness at the individual team and organizational level. Mm -hmm. What is the cost of having such type of brilliant jerks in organizations? Well, on the individual level, it's, they get less creative. Mm -hmm. They start reacting according to the brilliant jerks mood instead of what's best for the company because they're so scared that he'll have an outburst or she'll have an outburst that they start reacting, oh, we can't tell him today, we can't talk to about him, uh, about the problems we have. So it's less effectiveness at the individual level. People don't volunteer ideas quickly. So there's less, uh, the, the leader doesn't know the problems before it becomes a crisis. I mean, that's extreme, but that's a bit it. And he doesn't get wonderful ideas from his key stakeholders. So people are afraid to talk to him or her. That's right. Okay. Right. And what is the cost of having brilliant jerks at the team level? Well, you know, if someone um, says a good idea or a less developed idea, because they're, they're brilliant now, you must realize that they're very, very sharp. Usually if they're not brilliant, they might be uh, asked to leave the company. So they're bringing something very good to the company or they're technologically very savvy. But for example, if a younger team member or even a team member says something that's not really to the criteria of the brilliant jerk, well, they'll be humiliated in public. So that has effects that the ideas don't surface or the problems don't surface in a team. They can even get, uh, they say, no one's giving me ideas and bang on the table and say, what's this? They're all uh, yes men but they don't realize that being aggressive towards them is not going to help them express themselves or share ideas or share problems. Right, right. And how do you see this rolling out at an organizational level? So to, just to give a few examples, at the organizational, it's higher turnover. The most talented say, why do I have to take this verbal abuse? Or I can go and find another job where my skill sets are leveraged. Because often, if someone is extremely talented with a, uh, and works side by side by a brilliant jerk, unless 
that person really serves the brilliant jerk, he can be ostracized or humiliated or because the brilliant jerk sees him as a competitor. So these people leave. So there's higher turnover. People that are aggressive have health problems. Their absenteeism. These are just a few of the costs at the organizational level. Mm-hmm. So if you were to summarize the traits of a brilliant jerk, what would they be for you? Well, I would say more than the traits, uh, some of the behaviors that they have is, let's, let me give you an example. I'll give you one example is that uh, these were sure. Asian. The fellow asked Friday night, uh, this Japanese woman, uh, to do a work. And, you know, she spent all weekend working on it. And then finally, um, Monday morning, she brings her work that she, you know, labored on. Uh, at the detriment of her family life. And he doesn't, let's say her boss doesn't look at it for three days, then calls her in, is typing at his machine. This is a real case. I'm not just inventing it. Mm -hmm. He was typing at his computer and didn't even acknowledge her visually and just took the paper, was filled with red marks all over the place, threw it across the table and say, I could have done it myself. It would have been less trouble. Mm. Mm. See, that's, that's humiliating. And it's not constructive of how she can improve by redoing the whole thing. You see. So another example, uh, which is true, it's a woman who's, who's very brilliant, knows the corporation very well and good at her job. But she would give something to her direct employee. She was, work, she was responsible of all of Asia. She would give work to her direct report that was on the other side of the office and say, this work is to be done in a week. Okay. Well, that afternoon, she comes and hovers over this person and asks, how's it going? What are you doing? What are you And basically telling her what to do. And then the next day, the same thing. She comes back and says, where are you at? Uh, what did you say? So this goes on several times, even though she gave a deadline of a week. And finally, that person is so frustrated and so anxious that she just does a bad job but finishes it as quickly as she can and gives it back. Well, that's not using the productivity of the person very well. She was micromanaging her so much that the person just wanted to get out of the situation as quickly as possible. So these are the kind of behaviors, and in this Two cases, they weren't really aware of the consequences of the behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can almost see how they have been promoted up in the organization because they've just simply been brilliant. And then it's these behaviors, this level of arrogance that's coming out of them that's actually creating a negative effect in the organization, in teams, and in people that they work with. Absolutely. And uh, I can't say that they're always aware of what they're doing. Because one time, I, I give you another example of a, of a woman brilliant jerk. Yes, mm-hmm. there are women brilliant jerks. She was chit-chatting with her friend, uh, walking down the hallway, and you know, very friendly and with her. And then they go into a meeting, and they find out that the big boss of the organization was there. Well, this brilliant jerk, who was very, very brilliant, mm-hmm absolutely wants to show her status, her competence 
towards this important leader in the company. And basically by doing so in such a way that anything that was suggested by her colleague and friend, she humiliated, you see, to stand out vis-a-vis this big leader. So do they do it on purpose? It's such a strong drive to perform, to be recognized, uh, to be considered that it's, it's bigger than them. And so it takes a long time to work with them to find better ways to behave and get status in a different way that is not just for them, but maybe larger for their status by through their teams, for example. It almost seems like performance and winning is so important for them and it's so much related to their own sense of self-identity. Yes, being perceived as confident. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's extremely important for, to them. Mm-hmm. Competence and status. I mean, uh, another client, uh, they didn't get the right hotel for their status and they absolutely lost it for such a detail. Well, for me, it's a detail. But um, they felt they were disconsidered because they didn't have the best room to show that they were higher up in the pecking order. Some of, so some of the behaviors that you just described are humiliating, micromanaging, being aggressive, and diminishing the other person. These are some of the behaviors that exhibited by a brilliant jerk. Are there any others? Yes, I had a client that was humiliated, but in a very, very smart way. Maybe, let's say, uh, the CEO, to give an example, c- concrete example, was very, very analytically bright, but interpersonally didn't know how to handle it. His direct report, now this is not just a low-level, middle-level leader, this is top level of a multinational. And he would dig and criticize this person for being less, yes, indeed he was less analytical than the CEO, but very brilliant speaker, very good interrelationally. And he would dig at him uh, on his lack of analytical skills. It had such a consequence on him that this brilliant speaker that spoke in front of the whole company uh, every year at the end of the year, all of a sudden, Uh, didn't finish his sentences well, started stuttering. He even had allergies on his skin by the stress it caused to the person, especially if it's a person that's relatively sensitive. And I want to make a distinction is that this brilliant jerks, it's not one time. We can all be brilliant jerks at times. Mm -hmm. I I can be a brilliant jerk under stress and say something offhand that was not very nice. But the, what distinguishes a person for, at times, being having misbehavior compared to a brilliant jerk is that it's repetitive. It's over and over again. And it's not linear all the time. They can be absolutely charming with clients to get what they want, and then all of a sudden they can dig, dig, dig. And then so this is, it causes a certain amount of confusion in the person. But what is a good indicator is that how the person feels after Mm. interaction with a person. I think I I need to 
distinguish what is the difference between a brilliant jerk and a demanding boss that has high standards. Exactly. So how do you distinguish between a brilliant jerk and a demanding manager? The brilliant jerk, basically, when they feel that the other person hasn't done the best they can or has not done well, they attack the person. Like if we compare it to the animal world, mm-hmm. there's fight, flight, and freeze. Well, their preferred reaction is the fight strategy. And they tend to fight and attack the person because basically they feel threatened that that person uh, it will show badly towards their results. Now, remember, I told you that they have 20-20 vision on the results. So it's impulsive, out-of-control reaction. Well, demanding leader with high standards, he looks at who he has in front of him and sees, is this person doesn't have the skill set to accomplish the objective, or is this person not motivated to do it? Now, this distinguish has been studied by Ken Blanchard and Laura Croshaw. So I think they did a great distinction between brilliant jerk that attacks and diminishes the theme of the other person and the demanding boss that really has an analytical reaction and says, what it has the empathy to put in the other person's place and say, is this person not skilled enough? Is he dismotivated? What is causing this that he didn't succeed his objective? And then if it's the person doesn't have an experience, then they provide support, they provide mentoring, or they diminish the, the project so that the person can succeed. So they're looking for the success of the other and not so concentrated on themselves that they cannot project on the other what the other situation is. Excellent, excellent. Thank you for that clarity and that distinction between a demanding manager and a brilliant jerk. Can you give us a tip that can help people manage a brilliant jerk? Well, it's good to know. Let's make it a comparison to the animal world. Animals see, are they predators, the other animal in front of them, or are they prey? They need to eat. So if they're prey, they usually attack and eat it or play with it. If there's a predator, they'll probably take the flight mode unless put into a corner. So with a brilliant jerk, think of the animal world. Is You don't want to be perceived as a predator vis-a-vis the brilliant jerk because that will get his fighting mode out. You don't want to be perceived as prey because he'll start playing with you or, and start attacking you. So you, it's a fine line. Sometimes to not be perceived as prey, you need to confront the brilliant jerk and say, if you continue to act like that towards me, I will not talk to you. Or you, you can say simply, because that's pretty risky too, especially if you're a subordinate, to say, look, I see that you are not uh, in, in the right mood to dis- have this discussion. I'll come back at a later date. So just enough to make that person realize they're out of control. What's important is not to be perceived as prey, as a coach as well. You come in as an mm-hmm. equal and not trying to tell the person what to do. It's a fine line. What if your customer is a brilliant jerk? What do you do then? Well, your customer Mm -hmm. has blind spots, as I mentioned. 
So they need to be reassured that they're great. I know that's counterintuitive, but uh, uh, tell them they're great and they'll relax. Tell them they're great, but don't become prey. So not subservient. I think you have to stand your own. And that's important to not be frightened by them. Because if you're frightened, they, they like to feel that power over a person. Right. Got it. Okay. Um, what do you do if your boss is a brilliant jerk and the behavior doesn't stop to cease? Well, I think you got to be uh, careful. It's like poison. If the poison stays on top of your skin, it's not going to hurt you. But if the poison starts to get within your system and really making you weaker and weaker and weaker, then you need to think that how much of this do you need to take? Sometimes it's better to get out of the situation. Yes, stand up to the person, try different strategies, but if it's really getting to you and uh, affecting like one of my clients where he began to stutter, get eczema all over his body, even though he was the top notch of this company, or you get a specialist, in the case I'm a specialized in, the, in this type of coaching, then I really helped him get over and see the differences and also protect them. But otherwise, there's a point that if it destroys your self-esteem to such an extent, and it's repetitive, as I mentioned earlier, then you need to get out. Okay, thank you. Well, thanks for those wonderful tips. Before we close this call, would you like to share a final message with the audience? No, I want to thank you very much for having me on your podcast. And I hope this helps very much so. My latest book is called Managing Brilliant Jerks, How Coaches and Organizations Can Transform a Difficult Leader into a Powerful Visionary. If you're at all interested to learn more and more depth and breadth on the subject, that will be very helpful, especially for coaches to know how to approach these people. And I'm always here if you have extra questions. But thank you so much for this opportunity to share what I'm very passionate about. Thank you so much, Katrina, for being here with us. Katrina's book on managing brilliant jerks is on Amazon. So do check it out. We'll be posting a link to her LinkedIn page so you can connect with her. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care and have a wonderful day. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to know more how you can meet your potential, check out www.meetmypotential.com. That's www.meetmypotential.com. Join us again. And until then, stay cool.